Our Old Testament lesson this morning is from Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. It should be found on page 644 in our pew Bibles or 1230 in the large print. Before we read, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this day that you have made, and we thank you for all that you have given to us. We thank you for for the original, for the greatest Christmas present ever. Lord, we ask that you would help us to remember, to stay focused, and to remain in him. That we would not um, we would not lose him in all that all that is going on around this date, or as we get back to um, our normal lives, but that Jesus would be our life from now on forever. We pray that this morning as we hear your word read and proclaimed, that even this time, it'll be a part of your forming your character in us. We pray that by your word and by your spirit, we would be changed evermore today into the likeness of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Turning to our New Testament lesson, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, which should... This should be a familiar passage to us at this point. This is Jesus speaking with his disciples on the night of um, the Last Supper, the night he's betrayed. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is the an interesting date in our uh, calendar. It is the last Sunday of the calendar year, but it is also the first Sunday uh, after Christmas. And so it's a big time of transition uh, pretty much for everybody, whether you are turning over the calendar or making your New Year's resolutions and what is life going to be like in this new year of 2016, or if if you're just still in the process of recovering from your Christmas celebrations, still carrying them on, and preparing for the days where you will begin to take down the tree, take down the lights, all the boxes and wrappings go away, and you take down the nativity sets. You have heard the expression, I'm sure, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So my encouragement for all of us today is that we don't put up the baby with the nativity set. We don't put up the baby with the nativity set. As we have been celebrating Jesus being born in this world and what that means for us and how that has completely life-changing implications for every part of our life, it's not a seasonal thing. And so we can't put that away and say, well, next year we'll celebrate that again, but now, back to our regularly scheduled life. (laughs) And there's a sense in which we do go back to our regularly scheduled life. You remember the shepherds, right? They had heard the angels, and this is a very unusual night. The angel comes and tells them, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And so he is the Messiah, the Lord, and they go and they see everything was just as the angel said. And they go back to shepherding. And you go, oh, well, I guess that's that. But no, they go back to shepherding. They don't go back as they had come. Now they go back telling everyone. They go back praising God and glorifying him, even in their shepherding. So they go back to what they were doing before, but they don't go back as the same people they were before. So we'll go back to our regular, regularly scheduled lives, but we're not going to go back the same way. We don't come from Christmas the way we go to it. As long as we don't put the baby up with the nativity set. Now, we're going to look at a passage today that says very much what I'm already saying. That we are going to live every moment in Jesus. Because no matter what others may claim, we know that in him is life now and forever. But it's a strange passage for the Sunday after Christmas. You will hear why. But listen carefully. This is 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 18. It says, Dear children, this is the last hour. That makes sense, the last Sunday of the, of the year. He may mean something else. This is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, 
and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. You see, it's saying the same kind of thing, this huge, huge point of remaining in Jesus no matter what else is going on. But it does bring up some bizarre topics for this morning. But here's the reason. Um, The reason is the situation we find ourselves in as we go back to our regularly scheduled lives is a situation in which not everybody is as excited as we are that Jesus has been born. And in fact, there will be people who even claim to be Christians who will tell you on a survey, yeah, I'm a Christian. We get these big survey numbers. But then when push comes to shove, they don't live like him. They don't love him. They don't believe in him. And a few surveys later, they may start checking, not a Christian. That's their situation. And in fact, uh, and so how do we live with that? And here's what... Um, what John is telling us. He tells us the situation we're in, the distinction we have as believers, and then he tells us the prescription of how we live in this world now and the result of eternal life. So what is the situation? The situation is, he says, it's the last hour. This is the last hour. If you have been procrastinating, you like, you like to wait till the last hour, he says, well, this is it. You've been waiting, I'll just wait till the very end, and then I'll come to Jesus. It's, it's time. It is the last hour. So come to him now. But he says, this is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. Now, this topic of the Antichrist, I know that's why you came to church this morning. You're like, I really want to hear about the Antichrist. And so, here you are. Um, probably not. But... There, wow. I don't know if you're aware of this. That term is not used in the Bible very often. Um, John is the only one who uses it, and it is, uh, and he doesn't ever identify a person. It's a type. It's a type of person. And he explains who that is, and it's those who deny that Jesus Christ, that the Christ, has come in the flesh. That's who it is. And he says, and these people exist, and they are around now, and it's because of this that we know that it is already the last hour. In other words, there have always been people who have been working against God from the very beginning. But now, here it is, the most clearest, the clearest revelation of God, Jesus Christ in the flesh. How in the world could you be against that? And yet people are. And he says, it doesn't get worse than that. That's as bad as it gets. And, it's, and that's as dark as it can get before the end comes. And so because we see that there are already people who are rejecting Jesus as the Messiah, as the Christ, and that he came in the flesh, we know this is it. We're in that last hour. 
This is how we know that it is. And in fact, he said, they used to belong to us. They were a part of our group, and they're not anymore. And this does not mean that they have uh, switched congregations. It does not mean that they've switched denominations. Those things happen. This is saying is they've denied the very foundations of the faith. When you claim to be a Christian and deny Jesus, that's not switching denominations. That's not going from one congregation to another. That is showing that you're never really a Christian at all, which is what he's saying. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. And then, in case people get nervous, he says, but here's the distinction. That's what's going on around us, but that's not what's going on within us. Here's who we are. We are believers who know the truth about Jesus. That Jesus is the Christ, he has come in the flesh, and that he will come Again, whereas liars deny that Jesus is the Christ. He says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Do you know what this anointing is? Do you know what this word anointing means? This is big. This is good. You remember when David had been chosen by God to be the king over Israel? And Samuel goes to him, and he looks at all the brothers, and God says, no, not him, not him, not him. But then he gets to David, and he says, yes. Because God looks not at the outside, but he looks at the heart. He said, this is the one that I've chosen. And so what does Samuel do? He takes the oil, and he pours it on David's head. That's weird. This pouring oil on somebody's head, and we're like, I don't know if I want that. But... What that was, it was something that marked him out as the chosen one. That marked him as someone uh, that God had chosen. This is what this anointing means. uh, And in fact, fascinating part here. Do you know what Messiah means? What is a Messiah? What does that mean, that word? It means the anointed one. That's what it means. That's who Jesus is. When we say that Jesus is the Messiah, that means that he is the one that God had been promised forever that he would choose. This is that one, that chosen one. But he didn't have oil poured out on him. What was it that marked him out as different? It was the Spirit of God that was in him. This is Jesus' anointing. And here's the amazing thing. It was marked in him with the Spirit and the power of God. And what, uh, what Jesus says before he ascends into heaven, after he has been raised from the dead, he gathers his disciples together, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you hear that? Not that. Do you hear this? Do you hear that what Jesus is saying is that same thing that marked him out as the chosen one of God, marks us out as his chosen people, that we get the Holy Spirit of God in us, that we get the power of God to do what? To proclaim Jesus. That's what we do. And so he says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. And what is the truth? It's the truth of the gospel. It's the truth of Jesus, who he is, that he has come, and that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ. That's the same word, by the way. And, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It says it's whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist. That's it. 
whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ, whoever can look at the person of Jesus, at all that he did, all that he taught, all that he lived for and died for, and say, nah, I don't think so. Either, and you can go either way with that, you can say, I think he was just a guy, but he wasn't also God. Or you can say, I think he was God, but I don't think he actually appeared as a person. And it's really just more the ideas of him that are important. God says, no, 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 no. It's got to be both. It's got to be who he is. And you know this. If you have the Holy Spirit, you know that this is who he is. And you know why this is such good news for us all. And so he says, and part of the reason why is he says, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And so here we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and ourselves caught up into this divine community. This relationship of love has been going on from the beginning, and we are invited in. But it's, an, it's a package deal. You can't have the Son and not have the Father any more than you can have the Son and not have, or have the Father and not have the Son, or have the Spirit and not have Father or Son. It doesn't work like that. I know it's not a perfect metaphor. None of them are in talking about the Trinity. But can you imagine somebody gives you a glass of water and say, ah, you know what, I just want the oxygen part of this. I don't want the hydrogen, the H2O, you know. And I'm just going to drink the oxygen. You're still going to be very thirsty. Because it all goes together. Or you don't have water at all. And if you don't have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you don't have the one true God. So this is the... The situation, this is the distinction, so what's the prescription? How is it that we are to live with this as our situation? He says, as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. This is the gospel message, the good news about Jesus Christ, that that remains in you. And if it does, if that remains in you, and you can think of all different ways that you can make sure that that remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I have, hang on just a second. I have a list of a few verses that go um, telling us what it is that we are to hold on to, this message that we have heard from the beginning. Listen to this. Galatians 1, 6. It says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. I turn to a different gospel. 1 Timothy 6, 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord, uh, Jesus Christ, and to godly teaching, it goes on from there. 2 Timothy 1.13, What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. These are the things that the Spirit tells to us. It's all about Jesus. In fact, the passage we just read a little bit ago from, uh, from John 15, if you back up just a little bit before that in John 14, Jesus talks about the Spirit that will come. And he says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And skipping forward, he said, uh, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you 
of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not give to you as the world gives. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to us to remind us of who Jesus is, the things he did and continues to do, the things he said. It is not, it is not just this feeling of or good ideas of other things or thinking that Jesus has good ideas and I'll just kind of take that and go from there. No, it always goes back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. We don't outgrow him. We don't put him away for another year. Verse 26 and 27, last two verses. John summarizes everything he said so far. He gives us the situation again. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. These are those who are, uh, who he's described as the antichrists, those who are against the Christ, those who are, have denied him. But it's not just that they're doing that on their own. They're actually trying to lead you astray as well. There's reason to pay attention. But he says, but as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, what are the all things? All things we need to know about Jesus. That's what it is. And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. This week, before New Year's Day comes, you will have an opportunity, I'm sure, to sit down and come up with your New Year's resolutions. The things that you're going to do in 2016 to continue to grow into the person that God created you to be. Make sure that the things you put down have to do with how you are going to remain in Jesus. That you would not drift away over this next year. That you would not walk away, but that you would remain in him. John tells us in the very beginning of his uh, gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. When it says in him was life, that does not mean that it used to be in him. It means that it has been in him from the beginning. That's where life comes from. If you want to know life, you've got to know Jesus. So, I leave you with this. In 2016, after Christmas has come and gone, we live every moment in Jesus. Because no matter what others may claim, we know that in him is life, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.